0: Holding him hostage. Yes, I
1: don't even have one.
0: And here's why: I, I, um, I always do handouts. I've been doing handouts for years. Anytime I teach, I just I like handouts because I like something in my lap or just to, to look at. I'm going to do a little different today. Suzanne's going to miss it. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I was going to. We're going to be in Judges chapter 17 today, and. Um, Remember I told you last week when we did judges uh, eleven that we we've done eleven and twelve judges the book of judges has some of the weirdest stories in our Bible you know and I mentioned the book of judges is the book that didn't really have to be and it really pictures uh, god's people not following God's plan, and they're constantly getting in trouble. God's got to deliver them with a judge, and it just happens over and over and over. And That's the book of Judges. And because of that, there's some weird stories in Judges. And uh, one of my... i got a lot of favorites, but today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite weird stories in Judges, and it's in Judges 17. So what I thought we could do... I was going to read the chapter. It's the whole chapter. That's not. That's 13 verses. It's not terrible. We're going to read the chapter, and then I just want to get you guys' thoughts on on the chapter. Because I don't want you to see my handout because then you'd see which way I'm steering. Because I want everybody, you know, individual thinkers. Uh, so anyway, so I'm going to do that. Unless someone wants to read the chapter. I don't know if we have any volunteers. Belinda, you don't care to? Sure. Okay, thanks. Yeah, the whole chapter. 17, starting in verse 1. Mm-hmm. All the way through. Judges
1: chapter 17. Yeah. And there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said unto his mother, The eleven hundred shekels of silver that taken from me, about which thou first and spake itself also in my ears, Behold, the silver is with me. I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord my son. And when he had restored the eleven hundred shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son to make a raven image and a molten image. Now therefore I will restore it unto thee. Yet he restored the money unto his mother, and his mother took two hundred shekels of silver and gave them to the founder, who made thereof a graven image and a molten image. And they were in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a house of gods, and made an ephod and a teraphim, and consecrated one of his sons, who became his priest. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And there was a young man out of Bethlehem, Judea, of the family of Judah, who was a Levite, and he sojourned there. And the man departed out of the city from Bethlehem, Judea, to Sojourn, where he could find a place. And he came to Mount Ephraim, to the house of Micah, as he journeyed. And Micah said unto him, Whence comest thou? And he said unto him, I am a Levite of Bethlehem, Judea, and I go to Sir John where I may find a place. And Micah said unto him, Dwell with me, and be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, and a suit of apparel, and thy victuals. So the Levite went in, and the Levite was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of his sons. And Micah consecrated the Levite, and the young man became his priest and was in the house of Micah. Mm-hmm. Then said Micah, Now know I that the Lord will do, good, will do me good, seeing I have a Levite to my priest.
0: All right, thanks, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Linda, that's very good. That's a lot of reading. All right, that is a weird story. I don't know if you guys have heard this much, this story. Mm-hmm. So we just read about a guy named Micah. Actually, let me preface a shade more here. In the book of Judges, it's 21 chapters, and pretty much every chapter they get in trouble, and uh, God raises up a judge. And you know, we've got 15 judges. 14 of them are in this book. Samson has just passed away. You know, he just in verse uh, in, in chapter 16. So what we have in chapters 17 through 21 of Judges, there's no more Judges being raised up. This is like an appendix to the book. What this, what we are seeing now is we're zooming in to the home life of the Israelites during this period of the Judges. So we've just zoomed in on this guy, this house of Micah, and Blenda just read the whole chapter, and we see what's going on in, in these people's homes. So she read the chapter, what do you guys think about what's going on? And we all, we all heard what she read. Good stuff, bad stuff weird stuff
1: yeah you don't know uh, the son that he made priest was that you know I don't know if that was so you know proper good
0: yeah good that's good Uh, you noticed that I'm not sure
1: how they become a priest that seems like that was quickly done
0: yeah you're right that's good Sherry my wife picked up on that He this guy made his own son a priest is there anything else Micah did that was good, bad? Any thoughts? Well, I know they
1: shouldn't have been making an
0: image. Should not have been making an image. I'm going to go ahead and pass my hand out now.
1: There's got I in
0: there. You know, there sure is. Uh to Yeah, I think we we, we. Yeah.
1: for I think we got
0: enough for two. There.
1: First thing you say that
0: we're not Israel, but every man did
1: which
0: yeah. was right, was right Yes, yes. That's the That's
1: the problem. Yes, you're right. So, <laughs> no, we'll yeah.
0: I will say this, I guess. On the surface, I'll, I'll, okay, when I first read this chapter, I've been saved like 30 years. When I first read this chapter as a new believer, I actually thought, okay, Mike is a good dude, he's doing good stuff, and this is, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And on the surface, I think we don't really see anything wrong with what he's doing, because he's, it's, it seems okay. Is that kind of what you guys think? Mm-hmm. It sounds okay. It sounds spiritual, what he's doing, and that's the problem. A lot of things in life sound spiritual, but they're not scriptural. So Micah actually is, is more like this. We're going to get into what all this means here through this chapter. What's going on in chapter 17 is a, is a, is a representation of what's going on today with our worship and service to the Lord. Very materialistic. Very, yeah, we're materialistic. Idolatry is a big part of this chapter. Um, so anyway, so we're going to kind of go through that. And before I go through that, I was going to just talk about something. I was going to bring this up last week. Because last week we talked about the Ephraimites and the pride. Um, so I wanted to spend just a few minutes to talk about biblical principles. And this is just kind of gems. This is the way I study my Bible. This is, you get an insight the way I, I do things. A biblical principle... Okay, let me back up. Whenever I was first saved, people would always tell me every problem in life, just read your Bible, and God's got an answer for it. And and so I did. I read my Bible all the time, uh, and I never got the answers I was looking for. It wasn't working. And it really wasn't working until I learned this, this concept of biblical principles, which you guys may already know some of this. You probably do since we're, we're around here we, we learn this stuff. Biblical principles are these uh, directives that are given to us. We're, we're given these examples in our Old Testament. All these weird stories are there for a reason. God didn't have to give us this story about Micah. We're given these weird stories about Micah, so we can pull out directives and different commandments, so then we know how to act when we are in these situations. Like last week, we talked about pride with the Ephraimites and things like that. So this, so what I was going to do today is go through chapter 17 and pull out these principles and and some more about biblical principles. They're timeless. It doesn't matter, you know, when it was written, who it's written to. Principles are timeless. Uh, they're universal. They fit for everybody. Sometimes it's a single verse, like the the, the verse of uh, Book of Proverbs. Um, what I'm getting at would be like there are some verses in the Bible, like train up your child in the way he should go, and he will never want to depart from it that's kind of a biblical principle that's saying train up your child in the way you should go it's not a promise, it's a principle if you do this, this will probably happen sometimes a, a biblical principle can be in a single verse sometimes a principle can be in a passage like what we're reading today after we're done today we'll know some principles that we can apply to our life out of this chapter Sometimes we get principles out of character studies. You know, life of David, life of Samson. Of course, we can learn a lot of things from these guys. Uh, our Bible contains thousands of principles. And I mark and I name my principles. I named this one the Facebook principle years ago. So I, that's how I think of it. And I, I've got the Absalom principles. I've got just dozens, probably hundreds of principles marked in my Bible. Um, failure to follow these biblical principles will bring hardship into your life. So failure to heed the warnings of Micah will bring hardship into our life. Alright, so uh, this is kind of review from last week. The judges, uh, the time frame were just a couple hundred years past the Egyptian exodus. Uh, there were 15 judges. Uh, that's really not applicable now. This was the tribe of Israel divided up into judges. Now, the very, very first verse said that Micah was from Mount Ephraim. So Ephraim is, is through here. So this is the, the region that we're talking about today. So, now, I think we are ready to dive in. And I'm going to start here. All right. Um, I know it's repetitive, but it would be good to now just take this verse at a time. And we're gonna bust through this thing and we're gonna we're gonna debone it, so to speak. Um, the first section on your handout on the next page is this first section is called Can I Get a Blessing? Micah is obsessed with getting a blessing from whoever. From from his mom, from his community, from God, so that's what he's about right now. So, if we can start, let's start in verse one again. We're going to go back and reread this a verse at a time. Um, okay, Emma, would you care to start with verse one? Seventeen one.
2: And there was a man of Mount Ephraim whose name was My.
0: Yes. All right. So here, here's here's Micah again. This is what's in your handout. The little picture. Mount Ephraim is a little mountain range. is north of Jerusalem, and that's where he's from. Now, Micah, his name means who is like God. Uh, there's a lot of Micahs in our Bible. Uh, This is not the Micah of the minor prophet Micah, the book of Micah. This is a different guy. Uh, We will find out that Micah, his name means who is like God, but he is not like God. So it's it's kind of a bad bad thing there. Um, Now, a lot of people, there there are a lot of ways to to get applications out of this chapter. And a lot of folks are really, uh, give Micah a hard time. They're very hard on Micah. But I don't, and I'm I'm not going to as much here, because I see him as a guy that he wants a relationship with God. You know, he's living among the Canaanites in this time frame. He wants a relationship with the true God. Um you know, he's making idols to God. He's uh, wanting to do things godly, but he's just missing the mark. So I'm not real hard on him in that respect. Because he, he's not making gods to Molech, and he's not doing all these other things. He's actually trying to worship the the true God and do what's right. Um, which is like today. You know, we have modern Micahs. I work with a lot of them. People that want a relationship with God... They do things that seem to be spiritual. You know, they get the bumper stickers and they get crosses on their, on their necklaces and maybe even get a tattoo. You know, a lot of people get biblical tattoos yeah so I kind of see that as a mica behavior. You're wanting to show an outward you're interested in God, but you're not really doing it right, you know so that's what we'll talk about with micah. so anyway, so that's the first verse uh, this guy he lives in Ephraim, Mount Ephraim. all right, second verse, Pam, can you read that for us? And he
1: said unto his mother the eleven hundred chapters of silver that were taken from me about which thou cursest and spaketh of also in mine ear. Behold, the silver is
0: with me. I took it. And his mother said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my son. All right, now this is funny. So now he stole from his mom. He is a thief. He broke a commandment. Uh, He steals this money, and she's obviously she's cursing whoever took it. That blankety-blank so-and-so took my 1,100 shekels. 1,100 shekels was a lot of money. That's actually the money they, they offered to Delilah to uh, betray Samson so um, it's a lot of money uh, 10 shekels is a year's salary that we, we learn later in the chapter so 1100 shekels is a lot of money so someone took her retirement account and she's cursing them uh, actually cursing well he hears this cursing and that kind of indicates why. why do you think he's coming clean? I want to be cursed. Linda got it, exactly. I, th- I think that Susan. I, I, Sudan, I wish that was the case. He doesn't say, uh, God, I have sinned, you know, forgive me. He doesn't want to come under the curse that his mom is proclaiming on him. Which that's why in, in your handout that, that reminds me of the whole godly sorrow and worldly sorrow, and Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians. That uh, I think he's fessing up because of worldly sorrow. He's sorry that he's been cursed by his mom. He's not sorry that he broke the commandment. So that's kind of where Mike is starting to go off off base here. Um, and i 've got the little table in your handout comparing worldly sorrow and godly sorrow and, and Paul addresses that with the second in second Corinthians when he scolded the church in first Corinthians and they got right so in second Corinthians he he gives us this passage that that godly sorrow is repentance it's being truly sorry that you have broke one of god 's laws you know and, and you are sorry that you did that um, and uh, David is an example that when he did his thing with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed he said God I've broken your law and I've sinned against God I mean that was godly, or godly sorrow whereas Saul is an example of worldly sorrow that when he's caught by Samuel not obeying God he wanted to sweep it under the rug and let's just forget this happened and move on uh, he was just sorry to get caught you know, like most of our criminals today. So that's, that's the worldly sorrow. So, so I think Micah is an example of the worldly sorrow here. And another thing odd about this verse, once the mother found out it was Micah that took the money, um, she didn't say like, oh, Micah, you've just broken a commandment. You need to go offer the trespass offering. Um, you need to get right with God. She blesses him. She is overlooking his sin. And this is what a lot of parents do nowadays. They don't like liars and thieves and drug abusers and whatever else goes on out there. But when it's their own kid, well, then they can justify. They didn't mean to. You know, things like that. So... This is a good principle about parents uh, judging your child according to God's law, not just what you want. So I think that's an interesting thing too, but she does. Um, so that's verse three. Now that's verse two. Uh, let's see if there's anything else about that I not really. Okay. Uh, verse three, uh, Belinda, you got to read that?
1: And when he had restored the eleven hundred shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver unto the Lord from my hand for my son, to make a great an image and a molten image. Now therefore I will restore it unto thee.
0: Yes, okay. Um. She, this is another funny, there's there's a lot of stuff in this verse. So now she says, it's very subtle, I've got 1,100 shekels and I had holy, and God specifically said holy. She had dedicated the 1,100 shekels to God. Now that she gets it back, she decides to only give him two. She's going to keep the rest. So she's kind of a thief now because she's reneging on her vow to God kind of like a Jephthah thing uh, so that's interesting uh, and that reminds me of the Acts 5 with Ananias and Sapphira when they sell the land and they dedicate it to God but they don't give, give it all to the church and God kills them for that alright so they're going to make some idols so now we're getting into the idol stuff um Idols obviously were prohibited. You know, I put on your handout there. Exodus 20, verse 4 is where that's specifically called out. So we'll talk about idols for a second. They're they're making an idol to God. So they're not doing like Molech and Dagon and all these others. They're trying to do what's right, uh, but they're still making an idol. And that's that's the problem we have today. Is idols in our life? And I'm sure you guys have heard this. We've all heard this many times. But idol can be anything that's more important to you than God is. Uh, that's where you get your happiness from. And I just put a few things that I thought of the other day. You know, jobs are our idols. Status, being popular, money, sex, comfort. You want to be comfortable? Food, family, ministry can be an idol. And, uh, you know, I'm really busy here at church. Steve's busy. A lot of you guys are really busy here at church. And we've got to be careful not to let ministry and church things be an idol in our life. That we're doing it for the wrong motives. We always have to... Uh... It, uh, look within ourselves. Why am I doing this? Why am I coming to church today? You know, it's awesome. We got Sharon's son. I mean, you guys didn't have to come to church. You're on vacation. <laughs> you know, so it's really nice that, that they wanted to go to church today and worship with God's people and God's house. And that's really commendable. That's really cool. Um, so we always have to look and says, why am I going to church? I want to hear from God, you know. I want to be with God's people. I need to recharge my batteries. You know, that's the reason to go, not because they'll talk about me if I'm gone, uh, or that's just something I do. I, you know, I shop on Saturday, I go to church on Sunday. I mean, we need to know why we're coming here today, and I think that's, that's why you guys came. So, yeah, you know, I listed a few things. Where do I spend my time? What? Where do we spend our time? Where do we spend our money on? How do we get our, the joy in our lives? You know, what's always on my mind? Is it the next meal? And You know, even apps on our phones can be an idol. Because I know people, uh, you know, doing these Bible apps and, and things like that, reading, listening to sermons. I mean, they, they're not reading their, their word. They're not reading their scriptures like they should. And those things have become idols, I think, in their life. Where's um, the card games, solitaire games? Oh, man. Yeah, the games. Exactly. The games are Yeah, our, that's why I put phones on the list. Cause our, I don't have my phone. It's up there. But our little phones, uh, you know, they're big time wasters. And uh, they become an idol. There, there's that FOMO that people get, fear of missing out when you don't have your phone. So anyway, so they're getting ready to make an idol here. Uh, they're going to go to the founder. Um, now, the fact that he's making an idol. So, he think about this. He's making an idol. Why is he making an idol? He wants to have God in his house. He wants to have a constant reminder that God is with him. Um, so, his heart's tender to the Lord. He wants to be uh, a Christian. He wants to be like that. But... But he's needing this idol to help him out. He's trying to regain some relationship with God that he doesn't have. So that's where I I feel sorry for Micah. Because he's trying. He's doing what he thinks is right. Alright, so. um, Where I got there? I got that. I got to switch pages here. So, let's go to verse 5 now. Uh, Are we on verse 4? Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 4 restored the money unto his mother and his mother took the two hundred shackles
1: of silver and gave them to the founder who made there there of a graven image and molten a graven image and molten
0: image and they were in the house of Micah. Okay, yeah, I got ahead. I did both. So, so yeah, so they've made it appears that they've made two Two images, but we're not sure. Uh, in another place it sounds singular. But All right, so he's got these two idols the founder just made for him. Um, now we're ready for verse 5. Chuck, do well, you want to read verse 5? It says
1: that this is trying to reconnect.
0: It's done it Yeah, our, our Internet's not real good here sometimes. On verse five, or do you wanna do you wanna get the next one when we come around? Yeah, I did Okay. Uh, Sherry, you gonna do verse five?
1: Okay. And the man Micah had a house of God, and made made an ephod and teraphim and a consecrated one of his sons.
0: Who became his priest? Okay, now he's getting into it. He's getting a little deeper now. So now this is an ephod, an ephod is the the outer layer the priest wore. So what he's doing here? He's making he's setting up a counterfeit priesthood in his house. You know, the priest was how they uh, had a relationship with God, kind of through the priest. You know, so. He, he has him an ephod. This is that, uh, like an apron thing. Uh, then he gets a, a teraphim is mentioned a few times in scripture. And it's, it's like little house idol gods. You know, so he had a little, little row of gods to put on his, uh, his mantle there. And then he consecrated his son. And you know, like Sherry said earlier, what in the world? Who consecrates priests in the Old Testament? God does. Who are the priests in the Old Testament? It's the Levites. So this guy from Ephraim consecrating his son as a priest is just no good. It's an abomination. It's a counterfeit priesthood that he's setting up. But he knows he needs a priest. He knows it needs to be a a boy, I guess, a son. So he's, he's doing like halfway there. I think it's just interesting that he's, he wants these things, but he's not doing it quite right. Um, I mean, do
1: you think he knew?
0: Well, that's what we don't know because... Maybe he didn't realize. I don't know. But he knows that much. So I think he knows enough. And another thing, too, I, I didn't mention, where, where Micah lives, it's, it's on your first page of your handout, Micah only lives about 20 miles from Shiloh. Shiloh is where the tabernacle was. You know, remember when Joshua came into the Promised Land, they set up the tabernacle in Shiloh, a city, Shiloh, and it was there for about three or so hundred years until David moved it to Jerusalem when he defeated the Jebusites. So for three three hundred years or so, God's program for worship, if you want a relationship with God, you go to Shiloh, you go to the tabernacle. Micah probably knew that. He's only twenty miles from it. So then that begs the question did did he did he not understand? Or like or is he just trying to do home church? You know, he wants to just worship God. At home. And that's what to me this is. Micah's is doing home church. He's got his, his idols. He's, he's got his teraphim. He's got his son now to be his priest. So now he doesn't have to get on his donkey or horse or whatever and go to Shiloh. He can just do it from his house. And that's something we see today too, especially since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So people, uh, Want to set up their worship? Not do it God's way. Do it their way. It's a little more convenient. So, which I'm not uh, anybody online. I'm not nailing you. And i Dottie's got some health issues. I mean, sometimes you can't get out. I'm talking about Dottie with the life issues. Friday. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, Dottie's a trooper. I mean, I'm not talking about the Dotties. I'm talking about people, and we all know them that don't go to church ever.
1: I have my own religion. They have their own religion. God. Yes. I don't need to go to
0: church. Yes, those are the Micah's that we're talking about. People that don't want to go to God's program. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Alright, so he consecrates his son, um, setting up this false priesthood. Alright, so look at verse now, look at verse six. Now we get actually that gets into this slide here. That's why I put this slide. These are all the idols that we have in our life. These are most of these are good things on their own. Except, except this false preacher there, but, uh, you know, vacationing, fishing, going to movies, uh, clothes, you know, praise bands, all this stuff is good on their own, but sometimes we set it up as idols, and, uh, we rely too much on it. So, so now we get to verse 6. And I better stay back here. Oh, yeah, idols. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. There's a, Paul has quite a bit to say about idol worship. Uh, and I always like that verse in Colossians that, um, that he calls it covetousness. When you're an idol, idolater, that you're actually a, participating in being covetous. And Jesus warned against that, uh, being covetous. So, now we're at verse 6. Uh, verse 6 is... In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, I love the way God put this verse here now. A couple things. He's reminding us that everything you just read has nothing to do with God. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. And also, it's it's interesting that as we're reading these stories in Judges... In other parts of our Bible, God will kind of give us little commentary sometimes. Like, they did this, but really they should have went this way or whatever. God's not saying anything. He's just telling the story about what these guys are doing in their house. And then he throws this little reminder in. What they're doing, I'm, I'm no part of it. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. So I think that's pretty neat. Um, so now we're down to verse 7. So the blank here. Jeff. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, God's reminding us that everything we just read is a violation of God's law. Everything Micah has done up to verse 7 and really the rest of the chapter is a violation of the God's law. So like at the beginning when we read it it's not really clear what's going on with this story. I mean, he's doing things, he's consecrating the sun, they're stealing money but giving it back, but everything he has done. He is breaking like ten of the commandments so far. He's lying to his mom, not honoring his parents, uh, he's a thief, he's a liar, he's making idols, he's, he's worshipping things other than the God, so he's just like, he's just like breaking them as he goes along. So, Next, verse 7, we start another section on your handout. And this is called Wandering from God. So now we're going to talk about the next character in our story. And this is about wandering from God. I'm uh, Mr. Kevin. Good to see you today. You want to fill in the blank on there? Uh The
1: description, the address is this cabinet form the darling
0: Mr. Denying the power door. Yes. Yeah, that is a good one. That applies to this. A uh, form. Yeah, that's where we're going to get to toward the end of this. Is Micah looks like he's all that spiritual dude, but he ain't. So, this section here, starting in verse seven, we're going to talk about wandering from God and uh, some of the principles we can use pull out of that. So, who wants to read verse seven? We can leave off. Uh, would you guys care to read verse seven? Um, there was a young man out of Bethel. Judah, of the family of Judah who was a Levite mm-hmm. he sojourned there yes, yeah. he sojourned there yes, exactly, so, there's a, so here enter our next character, the Levite he shows up in Ephraim at Micah's place um, alright, so can you read verse 8 and 9 that'd be okay 8
1: and 9 and the many of. He from Judah, to Jerusalem, where he called find a place. And he came to Mount his frame to the house of Mike, as he journeyed. And Maker said unto him, where is comest thou? And he said unto him, I am a living of the Galen, Judah. And I go to sojourn where I might find a place.
0: Yes, thanks. I love it. I love the accent. It sounds so sweet. It's very really neat. It is. Like when, when Leo prays and this is very cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so now we got Micah. He's got his house of gods. You know, he's uh, he's got his little counterfeit priest. He's, he's, he's doing all that. He's He's going away. This guy shows up, a Levite. So now let's talk about him for a second. He's a Levite from Bethlehem, Judah. Uh, it's, It's the Bethlehem that we know, and Judah is the tribe it's in. So it's like saying Harrisonville, Cass County. It is Bethlehem, Judah. So he's down here in Bethlehem, and he's up here wandering around in Ephraim, looking for a place to go, looking for a job. All right. This is another violation of what's going on. So, here's how. Back in Joshua 21, I put this on your handout. Joshua 21, remember the Levites were not given land to inherit. The Levites were to minister in the temple, Shiloh, mm-hmm. and they were to live in these 48 cities that were set aside for the Levites to, to minister in to help teach the people the Word and direct them to Shiloh and be priests in the cities. Okay? Yeah, Kevin?
2: Uh, just before that, when they were in like their tents and stuff, they were
0: the only ones outside of the tabernacle, right? The Levites? Right out in front of the... Yeah, they were right next to it. Yeah. yeah the Levites, they are always an important part of the worship. So this guy wandering around, seemingly innocent, isn't supposed to be there. He's wandering from God. He is supposed to be in one of these 48 cities. So that's interesting. He's a deserter. Yeah, there you go. He, that's where I think to me he's wandering from God, and that, and he's out of the will of God right now. Where I have been, and I'm sure all of us have been. Sometimes we wander out of the will of God, and that's why I put on the handout uh, some of the, some of the reasons we wander. Uh, and we, sometimes we don't even know we're wandering. We just re, we're, we're cooling off and we're getting lukewarm in our 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 love of the Lord and service, but we don't realize it. Uh, these are some of the reasons. We think we know best. We take God for granted sometimes, all He's done for us. Uh, the health we have to even be here this morning, we should be thankful. Uh, we, we get afraid of the things going on in our life, so we kind of abandon God and get away from Him for a little bit. We get distracted with these phones like Kevin back there. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, you're probably looking up the verse, I know. Uh And then whenever God's wanting us to wait on something, we get impatient and we'll kind of wander from God. So so this Levite is wandering, and it's the same thing that we are guilty of. So we just have to watch it. So he's wandering around looking for something to do. Uh, and of course the cure is to get back on the path I always like saying this saying: You need to be obedient to the to what you know is right. We all know we're supposed to to pray, read our Bibles. You know, we don't have to know how to diagram the Book of Leviticus. We just need to do what we know is right for the next step, the right next step. So that's what this Levi should have done. He should have just realized, I'm a Levite. I need to get back to the city I need to be in, and I need to minister where I'm supposed to minister but he's out wandering around Well, and then Micah in verse 9 Micah sees a Levite so now Micah sees the chance to upgrade his little counterfeit priesthood he's got going on so his son's out and now the Levite's in because now he's got a real Levite so I think that's interesting so Micah offers him a job he says hey won't you come work for me and uh you can just stay here. So let's see will look at Micah's offer here in verse ten. Uh, Kevin, would you care to read verses ten through thirteen? Romans. Uh Judges. Uh, judges seventeen. Ten through thirteen. This will kind of wrap us up. Yeah, ten through thirteen.
2: Like okay, all
0: right. <laughs> 17.
2: No, 17. 17, 17. That's I 17. All right. And Micah said unto him, Blow with me, and be unto me a father and a priest, and I will give thee ten shekels of silver by the year, and with a suit of apparel by the tools. Yep. So let the uh, Levites went in. Uh, and Levites was content to dwell with the man, and the young man was unto him as one of the, my son, <clears throat> his sons. And Micah consecrated the, the Levite, and the young man became his priest, and was in the, my house of Micah. And then Micah now, know that I, the Lord, will do me good
0: seeing that I have Levi to my priest. Yeah, alright. He finally got his blessing. Things are going good for Micah. His his quest for a blessing is complete. He's got his own Levite now. He tells the Levite, stay with me. I'll give you ten shekels and a shirt and food and you can just live here and be my guy. And unfortunately, the Levite said, okay, and it says in verse 11, he was content. He was, he was fine with it. The Levite should have pointed his finger at Mike and said, hey, what you're doing here is an abomination, and you need to get down to Shiloh and make things right at the temple or tabernacle. But now the Levite, he's, he's wandering from God, so he's not in the right state of mind either. So he just takes this job and thinks it's just fine. Sin
1: causing more sin.
0: Yeah, it just keeps, this thing keeps snowballing. So by the time you get to the end of the chapter, Micah now thinks he has God's blessing. And this is what's scary. Micah is comfortable with this arrangement, and so is the Levite, um, that now they have God's blessing. Micah thinks he is in the will of God right now. And that's what's scary for all of us. Because sometimes when we're wandering and we're doing things out of the out of the will of God, we're not doing things that are scriptural. Uh, our self like delusion, I guess. Uh, we don't realize how far off the path we are, and that's like poor Micah here. He really thinks what he has done is a good thing. I'm sure his his family and community all think he's just an outstanding spiritual man. He's got his own priest you know and and uh it's just da- it's a dangerous chapter about that another thing too um, god tells us several times that this guy this levite was a young man and that micah is calling him father and he's got a special set of clothes that he's put him up in who does that sound like it sounds like our Catholic friends having a priest as a father, younger person as your personal priest. So this would also be kind of a, an argument or a, against. Oh, I've signed it. Against that setup. That that's not the right setup having this young man, special clothes, priests, and all that. So so anyway, uh, so he upgrades his worship. He's got his actual Levi now. So on the last page of the handout, um, well, I put a, a couple bullet points about being careful of things that look Christian and spiritual. And this is why I call this the Facebook Principle. I saw you named it years ago. Because when you get on Facebook and you'll see all this goofy stuff people post that's like Christian sounding or it's spiritual looking, it's usually, almost always, not scriptural. So a lot of times what we see in people is not scriptural. So it's always, we always got to be on the lookout. Just because something's Christian and spiritual is not scriptural. And then the the last bullet there on that page, sometimes we think we're in God's will, but we're not. And that was Micah. I feel sorry for Micah. He really thought he was in God's will. Alright, so lessons. The last page. I'm going to bust through this real quick. Just a few things we can pull from this chapter. First, for Micah. Like I said, his name means who is like God, but he was not. You know, people around us can often seem Christian, but their actions and fruit must be judged by the Word of God. And this is an interesting too when you think about it. People people that don't have the right relationship with God will often go to great lengths to appear they do. You know, and that's where the... T-shirts, Christian, Jesus is my man. You know, all these shirts, necklaces, tattoos, bumper stickers, all that comes into play because sometimes the people that are that don't have a good relationship like try to project it, and that's what Micah was doing. I'm sure his. So you make it. Fake it till you make it. That's what he was doing. But not always. Not always, but yeah. you, know, you know, it's 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 an indicator. <laughs> it's something to be aware of. Fake it till you make it. All right, so again, to me, uh, Micah represents a person with a knowledge of God. He's searching for God. He's searching for God's acceptance and blessings. But he's not being really obedient to what he does know. He knows he needs a priest, and I'm sure he knows it's at Shiloh. But he's not obedient to that part. Now, that's a shame. So uh, Micah spends a whole chapter looking for a blessing from others. Didn't do it God's way. We cannot orchestrate our own blessing. You know, we we all know we're born under a curse. You know, and the only way to lift that curse is through Christ, because He He uh, you know took our sins, and, and that's the only way to lift the curse. Um, Micah decided not to worship God as God had instructed. He's making a choice to not go to Shiloh. I'm going to set up my own house here. He's going to home church. And he's going to worship God in his own way. Now interestingly enough, uh, I don't. we don't have time to go there, but it, this doesn't work out good for Micah. Chapter 18, it all falls apart. Uh, the Danites show up at Micah's door. They take his priests. They take his gods. They take his money. And Micah is left like Job in a pile of ruins and says... You know, I have nothing. So, so that really shows that Micah is really trusting in all this stuff, this counterfeit system he's got going for his relationship to God. Because when, because so, somebody took it, I mean, nobody can take our relationship to the Lord. Well, they could take, and they did take Micah's in the next chapter. So that's interesting there. But all right, so now Micah's mom. The next part of the lessons. She is like a worldly parent. She's very concerned with money. And she's more concerned with money than the spiritual state of her son. Because remember... Uh, whenever he fesses up you know she says well blessed be thou she doesn't say you need to go repent because you're a thief and a liar so she just you know like like parents today uh, and like i said he broke most of the commandments at least he's a liar thief parents at least five of them uh, so it's he, he's not in good shape all right another thing too and we see this uh, i hate to say it but i actually do see this in in our life issues crowd sometimes People that are in poverty or in a difficult situation, like Micah's mom was, whenever, whenever someone took her retirement account, she's um, she's saying, "Oh, I wish I had my money. Uh, I was gonna have, uh, I was gonna give it to Micah to have some idols made." So once she got the money back and she was restored, she still held back almost all of it. And a lot of times people will seem very generous and I guess pious, I don't know what the word would be, when they don't have anything. But when God does bless them, they're nowhere around. They don't follow through on their commitments. Yeah. I don't want to go into detail too much on that, but that we see that kind of behavior a lot. I mean, I think all of us have. Whenever someone's down and out in your luck and you help them out, and oh, I'm going to help you, I'll get you back when I'm on my feet again, then they don't. It's, it's kind of like his mom here. Alright, so then the last one there, the Levite, he represents a believer, totally out of the will of God. Wandering around, not doing what he's supposed to do, not being where he's supposed to be. Um, justifying his own actions, you know. Like I say, he's looking for a T-shirt and some some cash. Um, so there's a lot we can learn from the Levite. We shouldn't be wandering. All right. So then, uh, I guess that isn't the last. The last page. I did. I did a teaching point. I like the way Steve does teaching points. Just to summarize, he's the spiritual leader of his house. I mean, he's also corrupted his son because his son was a priest for a while. Micah is a spiritual leader. He decided not to follow God. Decided his own way was better. And Micah shows us the power of deception that we can have sometimes in our own lives. When we think we're worshiping God, we think we're doing it his way, but we're not. And that's Micah. And I put, uh, and he was doing what was right in his own eyes, which is the theme of the whole book. And it, which is what we do sometimes. I know I do it sometimes. I think we all do it. I do what I think is right uh, without consulting the book, which is the next point on the on the teaching points. There, nowhere in this chapter does anybody consult the Lord. You know, what should I do, Lord? Lord, should I go to Shiloh? Should I should I leave Bethlehem look for money or work? Nobody's asking the Lord anything. They're just doing what they think. And that's danger. We always need to seek the Lord's counsel. That's why I love that verse, Psalm 139, uh, 23 and 24. I love this verse because we all need to search ourselves occasionally. We do it when we have the Lord's Supper. You know, Brian encourages us to judge yourselves, lest ye be judged. And, and the way David writes it here is, Search me, O God, and, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, God will show us where we're off base if we genuinely ask. And that's what Micah should have done. God, am I doing this your way? Show me if I'm wrong. And he'll do it, of course. So when you boil the whole thing down, chapter 17, don't be a Micah. We should not be Micahs. We all need to check our worship and our service to the Lord to make sure we're doing it by the book. Um, that we have the right heart motives that we're serving the Lord His way, not what we think is right. So that's kind of my spiel. So, so now like with the very, when we first read the chapter at the very beginning of class, you know it wasn't really obvious what was going on and he kind of seemed like an okay dude, right? He had preached. He was trying. But when you really go through and look at it, he wasn't doing it by the book. And God was nowhere near it and wasn't in it. Doing something. Any comments? So well, what happened to the Levite? I should read. Well, Levi gets kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. I mean, it all falls apart. I was going to try to do 18 also, but I know I wouldn't have time, or about out of time now, but it's, it, the story keeps getting worse in the next chapter. <laughs> okay. Because the Danites, the tribe of Dan shows up, and they see this little false system going on, and they, they kidnap the Levite. They take everything. And they take him up to Dan, and they actually create a city, I don't have a map. They actually create the city of Dan, which becomes the center of idolatry with Samson, or Solomon's son. This story actually sets up the civil war that Israel's gonna have after Solomon. But that's another another thing. So and any other things? Questions? Alright, good deal. Alright, so we got a few minutes here. We'll pray and get out of here. And there's, like I said, there's coffee in the kitchen. Uh, I'm glad you guys are here. Good uh, to, to meet you. Sharon. And we're not on vacation. I mean, yes and no, because we just came to stay with mom. I mean, we, 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 like, we, we, permanent? We move
1: out, yeah.
0: Oh, well, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, we, move, we move out here with all the family. Oh, man. Like, three kids. We have a 13 year old, 12 year old girl, a
0: 9 year old boy, and a 2.5 boy. Oh, cool. Okay, I've seen I've seen him register for VBS. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, well. Well, that's, that, that's really great. Yeah, so Sharon. Well, <laughs> oh, good. We love Sharon. Uh, this is Sharon's uh, son and daughter. What was your name again? Aura. Aura? Yes. Okay, great name. And, and you were? I mean. Like Jamie, like Jaime. Oh, okay, Hi, Jaime. Jaime. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, that's pretty neat. Man, I, like that was... James with his in Spanish, Jaime. Okay, James. <laughs> in Spanish, Jaime. Jaime. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> now are you going to live at her house, yeah. like where she's at? That's a beautiful house. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful house. Uh, yeah, Kevin. I, I sent
2: to a uh, card to Pastor Brian for you. Did yeah. you receive it? Yeah, we should be able to send the, the... We can do it tomorrow. Awesome. I, I'm translating in English. I haven't in Spanish. You got a it. If you just want to show up there about eight, nine o'clock in the morning, he'll be there. Oh, and shake his hand, look him in the face. So you.